The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Good afternoon and welcome, welcome to Real to Life Real, Real Estate Life. Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and this week, as every week, we're working hard to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing career. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different, but it's going to be of a whole lot of interest to all of you listeners and real estate entrepreneurs out there who I hear struggling with the whole idea of how do I get my kids and loved ones involved in my business? It is such a common thing to hear, particularly, you know, more mature real estate folks saying, I've built up all this income and wealth and these assets and my kids just are not interested and I'm not sure what to do. I want to make them interested, but if they're not, then how do I plan out how this is going to happen when I die or I, you know, decide that I'm ready to retire? And we're going to talk today to a whole family of folks who have successfully involved their very young children in their real estate business and just get some insight into how that happened, how it was planned, what the kids think of it, and maybe gives you some hints about how you could do exactly the same. Talking today to the Woolwind family, Eric, Lila, Devin, and Ethan, who are from the Canton, Ohio area, literally a family real estate business with both of the kids. Eric and Lila have been in the real estate business for a while, and we're going to talk to them first about what that business looks like and how they got involved, but they've also had their children involved more or less since birth, as far as I can tell. I think they pretty much, you know, handed them over to the nurse and then opened a self-directed IRA for them and running from there. So welcome, Woolwinds. Uh, what I'd like you each to do is uh, uh, say who you are, because, of course, listeners can't actually see you. And then one by one, introduce yourselves. And the kids, I think we're going to want to know in this stage how old you are, and what grades you're in. So let's start with Eric. Thank you so much, Mina, for having us. It's always a pleasure. Been listening and learning from you for so many years. I'm glad to be here with you. But as you said, my name is Eric Woolwind, and I have been investing in real estate since 2003. My last job, I was activated by the Army right after 9-11, And when I got done there, decided I'm just not going to get another job. I'm going all in on this real estate thing. Mm -hmm. My wife, Lila, started helping me and quit her job soon after that. And, well, she can tell you what she's doing now. Hi, I'm Lila Woolwind. And I went from owning real estate to starting a management company because we were getting such great results that other people kept asking us to manage theirs also. So in order to be legal, we ended up doing that. So that's what I do now is is I handle the management side of, of our real estate. Uh-huh. And Ethan. 
Hi, my name is Ethan. I am 11 years old. I've been investing since I'm seven, since I was seven. I currently own part of three companies and combined I have 30 something units and I am in sixth grade. Excellent. Hello, my name is Devin Woolwind. I've been investing since I was five years old. I started investing with Legos. At seven years old, I bought my first house. Since then, I have bought over 33 rental units. I've written a book. And my most creative deal was when I bought 20% of a 60 unit with only $20 and my depreciation benefits. Well, we are definitely going to come back and talk about that deal. Uh, Eric and Lila, can you give us a just an overview of kind of what your business does? Because Ethan and Devin are obviously involved in your business, but I think it would help listeners to understand, do you just do rentals? Do you do any retail deals, creative deals? Like what, what, what does the extent of the business look like? We started doing rehabs and I know one of my first mentors said, yes, fix this up, flip it. You can make so much money. Well, I looked at how much I was going to have to pay in taxes and it just didn't make any sense to me. So I went to the bank, refinanced, pulled an 80% loan and realized that I could pay for everything, still put $50 a month in my pocket every month for the rest of my life, give or take. And 15 years later, the mortgage would be paid off and that $50 would go up to about 450 So rather than selling, I refinanced it and kept it. And then I did another and another. And after two years, we had 20 of them and enough money coming in to live on. By the time Devin was born, which was a great year, 2007, we uh, had contractors getting behind and the world wasn't working quite as well as it had for us the year before. And so we went in and started doing more of the work ourselves. We had phased ourselves out of that. And all of a sudden we've got an electrician that's a month behind on an eight unit building we had just bought. And so Devin was two weeks old at the closing. And in fact, we have pictures And somebody said, that's so cute. Is that grandma? I said, no, that's my realtor. She spent so much time with us. Uh, So Devin's got his little fist hand holding onto a pen as if he was actually closing. And he grew up in a pack and play and really couldn't sleep, I think, for the first six months or a year of his life, unless there was a compressor running. We host a real estate breakfast every Wednesday morning. And in car carriers, every Wednesday of his life, he was going there. And now we're doing Wednesday dinners, and they're there virtually every week that they don't have things going on in their own life. So they have been going to real estate meetings with all of the adults since they were born. And it it sounds like you guys are into a mix now of single-family and multifamily rentals? Uh, We have maybe a 100 single-families, hundreds of multifamilies. I have owned storage units, a dozen stores, uh, part of a airport at one time. <laughs> We've done a lot of different things, had an accepted contract on a hotel, and then ended up walking away from that because the financials didn't match up. 
All right. Uh, I believe we are at the point now where we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk to you guys about why it was important to you to have the children involved from such an incredibly young age. I mean, they're saying five years old, seven years old. I bought my same, my, my first property. And of course, there's a lot of listeners sitting there going, how does a seven-year-old buy a property exactly? I don't think they're legally allowed to sign contracts. So when we come back, we will discuss some of the technicalities of this and give you listeners some hints about how you might be able to do some of the same things with your own kids or grandkids. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to the entire Woolwind family, Eric, Lila, Devin, and Ethan, about how they have built a business where the kids are very deeply involved and have been since they were five and seven years old seven years now, it's like longer than most of our listeners have been in real estate. And some of them are in their, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s. This is the question for Lila and Eric. Was this all intentional? Like, did you did you decide I want we want the kids this deeply involved this young? Or was it just something that happened because you were full time real estate investors carrying kids on your backs and in strollers <laughs> right from the beginning? It was intentional for me, not that they got in this early. I never really considered that or that they would be able to actually. But I remember Larry, one of my first mentors, he was selling me properties. I couldn't figure out. He had a daughter that is my age. And why are you selling all these properties to me and financing them for me when your daughter could be growing up and taking over? And then I looked around at all of these other, and it was basically all the old guys. There were a couple of women, but none of the kids at all had anything to do with real estate. And I couldn't figure out why would you work your whole life to build up this empire and these guys were huge back in the day when they had 30 or 40 properties. I couldn't believe you could own that many. <laughs> and none of their kids were interested. And I realized it's because they only showed their kids the bad parts. They took phone calls. They missed dinners. They drug them over to clean out a terrible rental over the weekend when they should have been playing with their children. And I remember my dad had, he had a dental office with one apartment upstairs. And the only memory I had of rentals as a child was I can't believe I wasted my whole Saturday. I should have been playing with my dad to put in a new floor in this little apartment above your office. Amen and, to that. I, you're describing my childhood. You're describing yeah. why until I was graduated from college, I told everybody who would listen, including my parents, that I was never going to get into the real estate business because I heard this is what supports us. This is, you know, why we're able to take you on vacation. This is, they were talking the talk, but the part I got to see was you got to go over to the apartment building that's around the corner with this bucket of lie. I am kidding you not mm -hmm. at, at 11, 12 years old, they were handing me lie and saying, the stove is dirty and someone's moving in tomorrow and the maintenance men are off today because it's Saturday. So you've got to go clean it out. And I just thought that's, I thought that's what was what real estate was. Oh, and, and of course you hear your parents talking, right. And they would be talking about, 
um, so-and-so in unit 14 hasn't paid rent in two months. And now they've asked for a jury trial on the rent and this is disastrous. And I was like, why would I want to do this? Even though my dad was trying to groom me to take over the business. I was like, that's insane. Everything looks more fun than this. So yes, the, the, the part about getting them oriented toward, yeah, there's this part over here, but then there's also this other good part is a, a really good thing. Now, the question is, how did you do that? How do you, how do you show a 10 year old that there's a fun part? I decided we needed to show them what the fun parts were. And I think Lila really helped, but we'll let her and Devin answer this. Well, essentially, I started taking the kids wherever I went, so and they enjoyed going to the RIA meetings and learning the, the things that the adults were talking about, and they were enjoying painting a wall with me. I mean, Devin, Devin actually painted in a storefront with me at the age of three, and he had a blast doing it, because it didn't matter if he got paint all over everything or did a great job or, per, you know, perfect job, because I could roll over and fix anything that wasn't perfect, but he had a ball doing it. And if he can have a little bit of fun doing that part, then the rest would be not so bad too. And then we also got them uh, playing the cash flow game mm. as soon as they could do math, which again, a fun part of the game that's also teaching investing. Okay, kids, was it actually fun? Yes, a lot of it is fun, especially the benefits. And cash flow was a big thing that got me into this because then I could just think of real estate more as a game and less of less as a job or just a thing I had to do. No, now this is more of a fun game we play like every Friday night, I think it was. And I just have to do this, but now it's a little bit more real. I know Ethan really got into the demo stage. Why don't you tell him about <laughs> that? Oh, yeah. My first unit was a six unit. And in unit one, we had to replace a lot of stuff. It was the major rehab. And I got to kick down a lot of drywall. <laughs> so every kid's dream, tear up the house. And you guys, <laughs> you guys got to do it. Oh, and take this pretty paint and, and put it on the walls. Like my mom used to yell at me when I painted the walls because <laughs> I was doing it with magic markers and crayons. And it was inside our house. So maybe she should have yelled at me. I don't know. So you, you guys are enjoying this, the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're still a ways from being 18 and being yeah. able to like yep. legal, legally sign your own contracts and open your own LLCs and so on. But do you see yourself doing that? Like you see yourself keeping up, keeping with it? Devin, yeah. uh, why don't you explain to her whether you're allowed to legally sign a contract? I know you did some research on that for your book. Yes, I am legally allowed to sign a contract, but contract with a minor, someone under 18, is legal, but technically not enforceable, which Mm -hmm. is why I couldn't get a bank loan, which I talked about in my book. There are, however, some private lenders that will loan him money based just on his signature and the mortgage. I'm guessing that's relationship-based right there, though, right? I have <laughs> ne- well, yeah, but he has not related it to any of them. I have refused to ever give either of them a penny. They can work for 10 bucks an hour. I think Devin's up to 11 now. 
but uh, if they want money, they can go to mom's office and work in the brokerage. Devin has done all of the book work and reconciliation for my construction company for years now. And that's all the money they get. I won't sign. Uh, I won't help them get a bank loan. They can't use my credit and I won't give them any money. So when they say they buy things, they really do. That's a that's an interesting philosophy because, as I'm sure you know, a lot of parents try to get their kids involved by smoothing that particular path of you go find the deal and I will fund it for you. Why did you decide to not be the funder? It doesn't matter how much money you have. You're always going to run out. Uh, there's been years where we bought almost 90 units. And it doesn't matter how much money is there. If you don't learn, I don't care if when they turn 18, they never do anything with this. If they can get funding, if they can be creative and put together a deal, they'll be spectacular at running any business, not just a real estate business. And if they're counting on daddy's money, I grew up working for a company where the guy built this huge string of stores. And then one by one, we closed them down after his son took over. And uh, I guess that was a defining point in my life when I'm 16, 17, working for these stores all the way until I joined the Army at 19 and watching them. They were down to one store left. And I thought, wow, his dad bailed them out twice and said, I'm not doing it again. And I said, if I ever have children and have a business, I'm going to make sure they can run it without me. And they're not counting on me and my money. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I set it up like this. Interesting. Well, kids, congratulations on not getting parental welfare. <laughs> because because it does, in fact, often handicap people. It's, it's, it's kind of an old saw that the first generation builds it and the second generation loses it. So you're not going to be in that position because you already know how to build it. So hooray for you guys. So let me ask a question of Devin and Ethan. Your parents are obviously heavily into the rental business. Do you all have any interests outside of that? Do you, does wholesaling attract you or fixing and flipping or being private lenders or anything like that? I have at least twice sold a property with a mortgage and I would lend money like out of my IRA if I found a deal and I didn't want to buy it I might wholesale it although I think rentals are going to be my main what I do the most what about you Ethan I'm with Devin I would probably do wholesale if I found a deal but didn't think I would want to rent it out I would probably do that, but renting is going to be my main thing for what I'm doing. Excellent. And what are you guys going to do with the rest of your lives after you're 25 years old and financially independent? Like, are you going to travel? Are you going to, what's the future plan? Do you know? Buy more faster. <laughs> By then I will already have learned how to fly. Like, like literally like with your arms or are you no, going to fly a plane okay so you're you're interested in doing some of that mm -hmm. as a hobby and you'll undoubtedly be able to do it even though having a plane is out of most people's reach <laughs> so 
Um, good. I, and, and your plans are going to evolve. You're young. It may be different when you're 17 than it is today, but uh, it'll be great that you can actually do those things. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you've just joined us and you're wondering why you're hearing four different voices, two of them fairly clearly young, it's because we're talking to the Woolwind family, who literally a family real estate business with both of the kids deeply involved in it. We're trying to share some of their tricks and tips and strategies so that if you have young people in your life that you want to get involved in your business, you'll be able to do that. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to the Woolwind family, Eric, Lila, Devin, and Ethan from the Canton, Ohio area. If you've ever been to one of the awesome OREA National Real Estate Summits, you have seen all four of them there. And they're running a business that a lot of people want to run where the kids are deeply involved and deeply understand the real estate business, even at their relatively tender ages. Now, before the break, Eric and Lila, it came up as a topic that your kids have tax-free self-directed Plans. And I think it was an IRA that was mentioned. I don't know if there's also CESAs and HSAs and all of those sorts of things. At what point were you able to set those up for the kids? Because most of those, not the CESAs, but most of those other things require earned income. That was the limiting reagent. So <laughs> by the time Devin, and like I said, we hired him in at basically the same rate as everyone else that works for us. Unfortunately, Devin's been around longer and actually makes a little bit more than some of the office staff because he is a lot more accomplished in bookkeeping than some of the CPAs that I've hired. (laughs) Devin, if they they lay you off, you claim age discrimination because they fired you because you've been (laughs) around too long and you're making too much money. Yeah, by the time you hit 14, kid, they're just over the hill. (laughs) But uh, no, that was the number one holdup. And he still doesn't make enough to contribute anywhere near the full contribution. But Devin started his Roth. Do you even remember? Was that when you were roughly 10? He had been investing in real estate for maybe three years. And one of the things that comes up, people immediately assume, oh, your kids are in real estate. How are you cheating the government out of tax money there? Let me tell you, if you are doing this, Devin pays taxes at a higher rate than I do. And then you throw in, there's such a thing as a kitty tax. We didn't always know that until he got slapped with a tax bill of an extra $1,000. So yeah, this is not a way at all to avoid taxes. In fact, you will pay more if your minor children has a lot of passive income. So in that case, it's actually better for him to get paid earned income by his company because he pays a lower tax rate and it allows him to contribute to his Roth IRA. Hmm. And for any of you that know anything about taxes, imagine if you put money in a Roth at 10 and had roughly 50 years for it to grow, how much money could that grow to tax-free? Maybe Devin can tell you about his first deal. Wasn't that Oak Street? Yep. 
Uh, we bought it. I, I'm not sure of the exact amount. I'm sure it's in my book. Where I bought the house, did some repairs, and then sold it with a mortgage. Uh, I believe it's called deed and mortgage. Um, so now I'm collecting money each month. And I don't really care if, say, I space the mortgage out over 30 years. Because I still can't take any money out until I'm 59 and a half. So just having it in loaned out for as long as possible is great for me. And who, by the way, did you sell that to? Where did you find your buyer, Devin? Boy Scouts. Uh, An Eagle Scout in the same troop I went to was actually the one that bought the house from me. And was he an adult? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yes. hey, it's it's a legitimate question in this yes. conversation. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so while we're talking about first deals, Ethan, do you remember your first deal? Uh, first real estate deal? Yes. Yes. I got a mobile home for $1,000. I cleaned up most of the mess that was inside. I don't think there was anything that needed fixed, so I cleaned it out. And uh, one of my mother's people that were working at her office wanted to buy it, so I sold it to her for $2,000. Nice. All cash? Was it 2000 cash, or did you carry financing? I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's okay. You were five. I don't know what I did when I was five either. Except it wasn't real estate. I do remember, <laughs> I do remember that. I, I think I would have remembered if it was, you know, if there was any real estate involved. So this isn't just a thing where your parents are really doing the real estate and you're kind of getting shuffled deals because they're trying to help you out. You're deeply involved in things like the actual rehab and the actual finding of the deal and figuring out how you're going to buy it. And you're, you're just like any other real estate investor. Yes. In fact, just, I think it was last week, I went to look at another house. On your bike? Like, how did you get there? No, one of them drove me. That's okay. one of the few problems we have. We can't drive. <laughs> um, yeah, we got to teach you about Uber. Uh, so, I mean, you got the money. You could you could just have somebody drive you there. Back to Eric and Lila, are, are you guys ever, do you guys ever think to yourselves, this is actually kind of amazing that they're not just spoiled by the fact that we're in the real estate business and they really want to be this involved? Because I don't see a lot of other kids this age who have that level of ambition. I think it's all how you're brought up. And my kids never had a chance. I spent the first half of my adult life in the army. I jumped out of airplanes and blew stuff up. I was a drill sergeant. I mean, I can't tell you how many hundreds of push-ups Ethan can do in a day because it just seems a lot more beneficial than, you know, spanking him or something. Just go in the other room and do push-ups. <laughs> and he is a lot like me, meaning he's always the one causing trouble. So, uh, yeah, they were pushed in some ways like that and they have done unbelievable things. And I look back and see these pictures of, you know, Ethan signing closing documents and we posted them on our website and I thought, oh my God, he's so small. 
But when he was doing it, I knew he wasn't an adult. He just, he's talking and he's moving around and understands and helps make decisions. And I used to lay stuff out. Now, this is, you know, the most important things that could be good for you. These are the things that could go wrong, most likely. And you have to decide. And there were some deals where Devin said, no, I don't want to own that. So I went ahead and bought it myself because I knew it was a good deal. And there are other deals where I said, look, there's plenty of money there, but I refuse to own one more house in that city. I'm sick of that city. I won't buy it. And Devin said, well, I need the extra cash flow. I'll buy it. All right. Uh, let's, let's hear from mom for a second. I, I'm sure you have, I'm sure you are friends with other mothers who have children in this age range. How is your life as a mom different parenting two kids like this? Uh, like, is it easier, harder? Do they, do they provide, do they, do they put any interesting challenges in front of you given that they are both part of the business? And also, of course, you want to raise good, happy kids who are having fun too. I am frequently asked how I make everything work because I'm running a business and owning real estate and buying more and homeschooling my kids, but this has all been normal for me. So really, I don't think of it as out of the ordinary until somebody else brings it up. And it's interesting when my kids get together with other kids and start talking about real estate, because sometimes the other children get interested in what Devin and Ethan are doing also. And I think that's inspiring to know that what they're learning, they can also pass along to friends that maybe their parents don't even do real estate and it'll open up doors for those kids as well. Interesting. Well, you guys have clearly done a great job with these kids. The fact that they can even be on a radio show and sit quietly at their ages and then respond to the questions like adults is is very very impressive to me and hopefully we're inspiring some other folks to not think of their sixth graders as you know someday i hope they will get into the business and instead how can i involve them right now how can i make it fun for them how can i make them see the benefits and you you all have uh sort of conveyed that you're not that attached to whether if devin turns 18 and says you know what nah, I want to go start a eBay business online. You're actually cool with that. So they're not, it's not that they're feeling this enormous pressure that you have to follow in our footsteps. Absolutely. I think kids should be able to make their own choices on what they want, but being able to set them up with the knowledge to be able to build a business or buy real estate can benefit them in so many other ways. Very true. With that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We are, you'll probably notice that I'm not asking, I'm not calling for questions on today's show. That's because uh, with four people on, we had to pre-record because the studio just doesn't have enough lines coming in that all four folks could be on. And I know that it's just as important for you listeners to hear from the kids as it is from the parents in this show. So sit tight. If you have any questions that are coming up, you can go ahead and send them to askvina at gmail.com and maybe we'll get them answered on a later show. But meanwhile, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to maybe the most unusual show that we've done in 25 years on real life, real estate investing. What's unusual is not that I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, because I always am. What's unusual is that we are talking today to a family of four who all work together in the real estate business, and two of them are not old enough to drive, drink, vote, 
just about anything except apparently do real estate deals. And um, Devin, you have mentioned a number of times that you wrote a book, and I want to talk about that a little bit. First of all, tell us what your book is about, and then tell us what in the world drove you to write it. Well, it's called If I Can Do It, So Can You, How I Started Investing in Real Estate at Age 7 which is pretty much exactly what it's about. It goes through my steps of my first investment. And then I talk about lending and credit and a a lot of the first lessons and deals that lessons I learned, deals that I've done and more things, including my most creative deal, which is in the last chapter where I bought 20% of a 60-unit building. What in the world made you wake up one morning and go, you know what, I need to write a book? Um, I was actually at the OREA conference that you help run. And uh, the speaker there, Raymond Aaron, uh, was talking about uh, how you can write a book. And he'll walk you through it and basically walk you through it, give you videos, um, editing, etc. So I went up to dad and said, can I buy this program? (laughs) And what was dad's answer? I knew as soon as Raymond stood up front and said, and by the way, If you're under 18, you can have it for half price. And there were only three people out of a thousand in the room that were under 18 and two of them belonged to me. (laughs) So I figured my kids were sitting in the front row looking excited. By the time Devin ran back, I debated how long I should make him sweat it and already had the credit card in my hand. I handed it to him. And said, here you go, I'll pay for it. But if it's not done and published before you come back next year, you're paying all of that money back to me. Ah, a gift with strings attached. (laughs) And boy, did he work hard when he got down to the last month. (laughs) So, Devin, what I, I understand what you wrote why? Like what 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 made you say this was a this is a project I want to take on? Uh, at Oria and pretty much any other place I go to, I enjoy helping and teaching anyone that's there. Even when I was just starting, I was trying to teach what, trying to help teach whatever I could. So just writing a book would help me do that that much more. And is that book available at Amazon? Yes, it is. So Ethan, are you going to write a book? I was not planning on it. <laughs> hey, me either. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, is there and and okay, boys, this is the time for some honesty. Is there any competition between the two of you? Are you like yes. I did yeah. more deals? No, I did more deal. Well, I did a better deal than you. I did a more creative deal than you. Does that go yeah, on? That sounds exactly like one of our conversations. <laughs> My goal for this year is to buy either three properties or one more than him. Ah, so do you guys, do you guys kind of drive each other along as much as your, as much as your parents do? Yes. Yes. Well, that's pretty cool. 
You don't get into fights about it though, right? You just no. <laughs> okay. So can you kids each tell me about your favorite deal that you've done? Of all the deals you've done, which one do you look at and go, yep, I'd like to do that one a million more times? Uh the sixty unit for twenty dollars. Yeah, I think I've got to say but paying $20 in the depreciation benefits for the 60 unit. I think that was probably my favorite deal. But can you can you it, tell us more about that one? Did are you guys both in that deal together? Yes, we both yes. we both bought 20% um and we both used our depreciation um getting your listeners know enough about depreciation. So you traded somebody who needed the depreciation yours yep which was a benefit to them because they were in a high tax bracket i assume yep and And, we were in a very low tax bracket and and also you put some money in it but it was only did you say twenty dollars yes okay so you are so the other person is an 80% owner and you're a 20% owner. So you get 20% of everything else. You get 20% of the cash flow, the deep, the appreciation, whatever equity was there. Did, did you, did you find that deal or did the partner find it? Uh, it was actually uh, two partners. One of them kind of wanted to sell because the property wasn't going to really make money until the one person was too old to use it. I'd have to look in my book for the exact details. And so he wanted to sell, but he was in a really high tax bracket. Ah, so you did a creative deal with him so that he didn't have to pay all the taxes when he sold. Yep, he could save a lot of money in taxes, and we would it wouldn't cost us that much money in taxes because we don't make anywhere near as much money from. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a super creative deal. That's like a deal that people do when they've been in real estate for twenty, thirty years. Do you guys study creative finance? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Excellent. Um. Eric and Lila, we've only got just a couple of minutes left, and I want to, I want to, I want you to talk to the other parents out there. The what? most important question that people are going to ask, they're going to argue, is this legal? And I'm sure lawyers will call up. So we're obviously not lawyers. What you can do is set up an LLC. Anybody can do that. Yes, I own ten percent of the LLC. That way, if there are things, because some things just need an adult to sign. That being said, if you do enough closings, and depending on the lenders you're using, really, my children are going in, and everybody knows they show up in person to sign. We don't do it uh, virtual, so they don't know. But where do they ask you your age? For everybody that says you can't do it, they might ask for a copy of your driver's license, Okay, so we went out and got him a driver's license. Oh, it's not a driver's license. It's a state ID, but it serves the same purpose. Uh, Actually, the hardest part of all this was to get Devin a personal checking account. Uh, The LLC, he walks right in and can set up 
a checking account for an LLC. The bank's used to it. He's got a couple of them. And he says, here is the state paperwork. Here's the operating agreement. Here's the EIN from the IRS. They say, sure, who's going to be on the signature lines of this one? Mm -hmm. But it's not a big deal. And like I said, I told him, I believe that I should be kept on as 10% or mom should own you know 10% of it until you turn 18. And then if you want to buy us out, we've got a fixed price. You can buy us out because he makes all the decisions. Mm -hmm. And when there's a capital call, he puts in 90% of the money Hmm. Uh, or whatever percentage he owns in that particular LLC. So the technical issues are easy to overcome. Um, Lila, any advice for parents out there who are going, this sounds like exactly what I want to do, but what's my first step? The first step is to talk to your children. You need to keep it fun for them and get them knowing what it's all about. But if they're not interested or they're going to fight you the whole way, it's not going to work. They've got to be open to the idea. And once they are, you can take that and run with it. And if you can make it fun and get them more engaged and more involved, the easier it's going to get and the more they're going to learn. Well, I sure hope that everyone who needed to hear this today did, (laughs) because this is, um, as I'm sure you guys hear all the time, a huge struggle with real estate entrepreneurs. And as we've discussed, I think part of the problem is they wait too long. They wait until their kids are out of college and then say, okay, kids, now you're ready to get into the business with me. So I really appreciate all of you taking the time out to be with us and help to uh, educate the audience on something that they probably needed, but probably didn't know was available. So appreciate you guys. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.